0: In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, I am going to ask you, is the hype real surrounding three prospects that many believe will be first round picks in 2024? Baba Miller, Alexander Saar, and Khalil Ware have tremendous buzz right now as first round picks. Some even believe they could be in the lottery. But I wanna ask, is the hype real? Stay tuned. Happy Monday and big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And if you enter the promo code locked on NBA, you can get a free white tech hat with any purchase. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And this episode is going to be interactive. Now for the listeners that are listening to the podcast, you can send me a a message at Barlow500 on Twitter. And if you're watching on YouTube, please comment. Also, like, share, subscribe, and comment. But I want this to be interactive because I'm asking you is the hype real on these three prospects? Is the hype real on these three prospects? All right, the first prospect that I want to talk about is Baba Miller. Now, Baba Miller was someone that I had as a first round pick for a significant part of last season. Miller has excellent physical tools, and unfortunately, his excellent physical tools and his talents and his gifts were delayed last year because the NCAA suspended him for 16 games, I believe for taking like $3,000. His family paid the money back. But anyway, in this world of NIL, and guy, I mean, I've heard guys making a million dollars, but in this world of NIL, he gets suspended for 16 games. For, I guess, as they put it, receiving financial aid to travel to the United States before he committed to Florida State. Now, Miller also was dealing with an offseason injury. So there is a reason why he did not live up to the hype that he had coming in to last season. Now, I'll give you a little bit about Miller's background. He was a guard. And he grew about 8 or 9 inches in a short amount of time. But he retained all of the guard skills. So he goes from 6'2 to 6'11. 7'2 wingspan. And he is fluid. He can handle the ball. He moves like, I mean, he just moves so so effortlessly across the court. He has the potential to be a... Switchy disruptive defender just because of the physical tools athleticism the length and mobility and fluidity and so on he shows Some flashes of shooting, but I'll get to that So 611 wings or 611 players with guard skills do not grow on trees So I understand the intrigue But is Baba Miller worth the hype And I'm asking, is he worth the hype? Because despite the challenges that were put in front of him, missing 16 games, he only averaged four points and three rebounds per game last season. Four points and three rebounds per game. So is the hype real? Four points, three rebounds? Again, I understand he got off to a slow start. But he shot 47% from the floor, which is good. 25% from three. Concerning, but 30% from the foul line. And when you take a deep dive into his stats, he was most efficient on post-ups, which is unlikely that he's going to get post-ups in the NBA, especially as like a 6'11, I think 200-pound wing. So you take away the post-ups. How does Bobby Miller score? Is he worth the hype? Now again. I totally get why he's such an enticing prospect. I'll say it again. He has a blend of size, length, ball handling, defensive upside, and a good basketball IQ. He can pass, especially if you watch his film when he played for Real Madrid, when he played for their under-18 teams. And then you see the flashes when he plays for the Spanish national team. But that didn't translate to Florida State. And again, I understand what was ahead of him? The suspension, off-season surgery, the adjustment to college basketball. But I still wonder, is he worth the hype? He's the only average, like I said, four points per game. Now, it is very, very easy to fall in love with the physical tools and the upside. The NBA is all about the upside. We're thinking down the line, not necessarily what a guy is right now. So... I get why a scout or a GM will look at his natural talent and say, "Well, we can work on that. We can't teach six eleven with handles and, and fluidity. We can't teach that, but we can work on the shot." But my question is, is he worth the hype? Now, when you look at the shot, he has the low release, an extremely low release, and with his low release, he turns an open shot into a contested shot because the timing of it It takes so long to get it up that again i think with length i think that he just makes it a tougher shot i think the mechanics possibly need to be reworked again I, i get the tools but what is his defined role in the nba is he a good enough passer to where he's a point forward is he like a secondary playmaker is he someone that is a defender and transition finisher Because I have concerns about the three-point shot. Only 30% from the foul line. Now, again, small sample size, only 10 free throws. But if you're a wing and you shoot 30% from the foul line, I don't think that has anything to do with, with the injuries and the layoff. There may be some concerns about his touch. Now, this summer, when he played for the U19 team for Spain, he shot the ball better but it was only 57% from the foul line, and he shot 25.8% on jump shots. So I have real concerns about the jumper and possibly his NBA fit. So my question is, is he worth the hype? But again, the tools are there. The upside is there, whether you see the flashes as a a passer, a ball mover, a, a defender that can defend Multiple positions. Once he fills out, you know, maybe he can defend some fours and threes, some twos, some ones. I've heard people think that he has the same baseline of skills as a Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, it's hard to compare anybody to Giannis because Giannis's mentality is crazy. He is super, super hyper competitive, and he puts in the work and works on his body. And even with Giannis's flaws as a shooter, Giannis is an MVP and a champion, so I get it from that aspect. So, my question to you is, is Baba Miller worth the hype? All right, when we return, I wanna talk to you about Khalil Ware. Kalel Ware was the five-star prospect who a lot of people thought was gonna be a lottery pick after his freshman year. He transfers to Indiana, shows some flashes, but is Khalil Ware worth the hype? but before we get into where way I want to talk to you about bird dogs why because bird dogs are these stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer in the thigh and the leg but they also give you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon but they fit way better they fit better than most shorts because they are made of well most shorts are made out of this restrictive cotton but bird dog fix the issue Because they invented this cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit and you don't have to sacrifice movement because we know it's all about being comfortable. And then Bird Dogs came up with this anti-sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long and keeps the stink away. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA and you have to enter the promo code locked on NBA if you want to receive a white tech hat. So go to again birddogs.com locked on NBA. Use that promo code. You can win a free white tech hat. You would not want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. In the next episode of the Locked on NBA Big Board Podcast, it will be. Worth the hype, part 2 going to have three more players that I'm going to ask you, the listener. Are they worth the hype? All right, the next player that I want to talk about is Kalil Ware. Kal-El Ware is a mystery in a sense. He has the talent and the tools to be at the top half of the NBA draft. He entered last season as a projected lottery pick, and I remember doing an article and maybe even a podcast, and I was asking Who is the better prospect between Derek Lively and Khalil Ware? Now, you can make a case to say both had disappointing freshman seasons. Both averaged less than 10 points per game, while Ware ended up Basically losing his starting job and being the odd man out of the rotation in the second half of the season, Derek Lively turned it up in the second half of the season. Now, he didn't do much offensively, but made a name for himself as a defender and was one of the most impactful, if not the most impactful, rim protector in college basketball late in the season. He ends up being the 12th pick in the draft, despite averaging like five points per game. Now, Khalil Ware showed way more offensive Upside in potential than Derek Lively, but like I said, was left off the bench. Now, a little bit about where, like I said, entered last season as a projected lottery pick, won state championships at North Little Rock High School, played with Nick Smith, and was a five-star recruit. And his his draft buzz was trending in the right direction after. A strong performance at the McDonald's game, and I heard that some people thought he was one of the top five players throughout the week at the McDonald's practices. So that kind of propelled him into this projected lottery pick role, I should say. Now, he ended up losing his starting job in December, and after December 1st, he only had four Double doubles, a double figure games the rest of the season. But at seven one, he is a bouncy athlete. He shows flashes of outside shooting touch. Is mobile enough to be an excellent pick and roll defender and rim protector. But is he worth the hype? And the reason I'm asking is he worth the hype because the tools are there, but the motor. It's very questionable. Now, last fall, I talked to some NBA scouts, and we were just talking about different players for the 2023 draft. And there was a particular scout, and I'm not going to quote it word for word, but in so many words, he basically said, Khalil Ware has no ceiling, but the problem is his motor. If the motor runs, then he is going to be excellent. And that was the question this year, or last year. Oregon coach Dana Altman mentioned multiple times and called him out about his effort and intensity. There were rumors that he didn't practice hard. So my question, is he worth the hype? Because you gotta factor in that he can do things that very few big men on this planet can do. At seven one, I mean he can Jump, he can serve as a vertical lob threat. If he puts it together, he's your vertical lob threat. He is your paint protector, your defensive anchor, and a floor spacer. He had a game against Yukon. Now I will put this into context. I believe the score was like 83 to 59. Oregon got smacked. But he had an 18.9 rebound game against Yukon, where he made two out of three from long range. So despite the fact that it was a blowout, and maybe some of the points came in garbage minutes. You have to be enticed by what you saw and the talent. Now, if you look at his numbers per 36 minutes, they were good. But sometimes numbers don't necessarily show you lack of intensity or effort. Now, do you believe this is a question for you? Do you believe a change of scenery is going to help propel Kalil Ware back to the lottery range? And is he worth the hype? Because no matter how talented you are, if your motor doesn't run as a big, and you seem indifferent, are you are you even worth the hype? Is a player that has natural talent, natural gifts, but has a inconsistent motor, is that player worth the hype of a first round pick? Because I believe, just like what the scout said, Kaleh Ware's sealing his draft range this season, Is completely going to be dependent on how consistently he plays hard if he can show a motor do not be surprised if he is a lottery pick because again the talent is there maybe a change of scenery at Indiana is going to help him put it all together and make sure it clicks Mike Woodson is a former NBA coach and maybe Mike knows how to push those buttons but again Is he worth the hype as a lock as a first round pick when you do not know what you're going to get from him as far as energy and effort on a nightly basis? Now, part of the reason why he may have struggled at Oregon is because he developed a strong relationship. With the coach that recruited him and once he got on campus actually before he got on campus the coach that recruited him took a head coaching job at the University of Omaha and so maybe he didn't feel like he had the best relationship with the coaching staff maybe he struggled by being so far away from home going from Arkansas to Oregon even though Indiana is not Arkansas which I think he probably, I'm guessing here, I don't have any information, here, but I'm thinking if Trevon Brazil doesn't return to Arkansas, maybe he goes home, but maybe Indiana is going to bring the best out of him. Indiana had a, I mean, they did an excellent job with Trace Jackson Davis, even though I felt like he should have went higher in the draft. I think Ware is a little bit more naturally talented and gifted and his game fits the modern NBA a little bit more than Trace Jackson Davis, but Jackson Davis is, in my opinion, he's more skilled as a passer, and more polished and refined as a low post-scorer, but again, he was older. Again, I'm gonna ask the question. A player with an inconsistent motor, but that shows tremendous upside and flashes, is it worth the hype? All right, when we return, I wanna talk about Alexander Saar. Alexander Saar, in my opinion, is one of the top 10, you know what, top five, most talented players in this entire draft class. But I'm going to ask is he worth the hype? All right, last segment. And I left off talking about Alexander Sarr, a French prospect that will be playing. Professionally, in Australia this year, Saar played in the Overtime Elite League the last two years. And he is a player that I've been monitoring and watching for the last couple of seasons. And Alex Saar is one of the most talented big men that you'll ever find, you'll ever see. He is that naturally talented and gifted. I know I said that about Khalil Ware, but I think Alexander Saar is more naturally talented and gifted than Ware. He is seven one with the 7'5 wingspan. He has all the tools that you want out of a modern day NBA big. He has the size and athleticism, the mobility. He can post up. He can space the floor or shows flashes of being able to space the floor. He can pass, whether it's making the right reads or finding cutters. He can handle the ball. He can defend. He has all of these tools. He's really like a seven-foot wing that can play inside and outside. Against 7'1", 7'5", wingspan. He has all the tools, all the tools to be a dominant NBA player. But right now, He's more flash than substance. Now, I've been watching him for years, and I've never seen back-to-back strong performances. I've never seen him dominate a game like his talent suggests. But 7 7'5", can shoot, handle, pass, post up, has a nice turnaround game. Is he worth the hype? Is he worth the hype? is it worth the risk, which I think a lot of teams will agree, but is it worth the risk to take a guy that has all the physical tools and talent touch, but fails to dominate a game? Now he's young. And maybe the, the, the dominant mentality will, will develop over time because the talent is there. But is he worth the hype as a first round pick? Cause it can't necessarily be all about his production. Now, for example, playing for the under-19 team this summer, last month, despite the fact that, again, he's 7'1", 7'5", wingspan, can dribble, shoot, pass, post-up, shoot turnaround jumpers, protect the rim, defend in space. He only averaged 7.4 points, 5.9 rebounds, shot 45% from the floor, 28% from three, 57% from the foul line. He is too talented to put up those numbers. And again, this isn't, and it's no disrespect to the national teams, but this isn't college basketball. Seven points, and I I know they spread the ball out. You know, you don't really see guys put up huge numbers, but like Bilal Koulibaly last year averaged seven points per game on the French national team or the under-18 team. ended up being the seventh pick in the draft. I totally get that. But Saar has the tools to dominate every game. He does not impose his will. But is he worth the hype? Is he worth the hype? Because you have to factor in the upside. You have to factor in if he puts it together and a team drafts him late in the first round or middle of the first round, he puts it together and it finally clicks, you have an all star at the minimum. You have a franchise center. So my question is is he worth the hype? Now we'll go into Australia, help him maximize his talents. Australia is a physical league. It is a lot more physical than OTE. Not a knock on OTE. I like what they've done at OTE. But will he maximize his potential or show enough flashes? In a league that is known for being physical, it is grown men. It is a league that has a few guys that had a cup of tea in the NBA and some prospects this year that I believe will be drafted. So my question is for Alexander Saar. Is he worth the hype? Is he worth the hype to be a first-round pick in next June's draft? I think the talent suggests he could be a top-five pick. This draft class is wide open. If Alexander Saar fully puts it together, develops a, a, a dog mentality, understands that there's nobody on the floor that is more talented than him, he could be the first pick, which I think is unlikely. But is he worth the hype? We will find out. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Again, like, share, subscribe, and I want you, the YouTube listener, to leave comments and tell me your thoughts on the three players that I mentioned. Are they worth the hype? Do you think they're worth the risk? Do you think that whatever circumstances led to their unsatisfactory play is the reason why they didn't? Maximize or live up to the hype that they had, or, or just dominate games? Let me know. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow, and I am out.